Here we go. Welcome, everyone, and welcome to those uh, folks that are here online. We are starting a new series today, so I'm happy to be the leadoff hitter. Normally, I'm the cleanup hitter. Normally, I'm doing the last uh, message in a series, and you know, one thing I always kind of worry about is that somebody's going to do my message, and you know, it's going to be too late. I can't change it. But no, I'm the leadoff hitter, so I'm really excited. I normally have a video to start off with, like a short video, but first time I don't have a video because I just couldn't find anything that fit, you know, or the ones I found are too long, and I don't like long. So um, here's a series, Supernatural. Are you ready to go? All right, all right. So um, as I was thinking about this, I thought about one thing that I don't hear enough messages about, at least myself, I don't know about you, is angels. So we're going to talk about angels this morning. Amen? We hear a lot about devils and demons and all that, but we're going to talk about angels. That's not to say we have a little bit of that. We do. And I need my glasses. And the reason I know angels are real is because the Bible tells us so. Angels are spoken about in Genesis, spoken about in Revelation, and just about everywhere in between. And it was an angel that said to Mary, Do not be afraid, for I have found favor with you, or God has found favor with you. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus. It was an angel that announced the birth of Jesus. It was an angel that ministered to Jesus when he was tempted by the devil. And it was an angel that rode back the stone outside the tomb where Jesus was and sat on it. Jesus himself talked about angels quite a bit, a good amount. And so this morning, um, I'm going to be reading from the book of Psalms. And my message will revolve just around one verse. And I want to make this a verse that we can remember very easily and stamp it into our minds and never forget. Are you ready? When you have an emergency, who do you call? You don't call Ghostbusters. <laughs> Most people call 911, right? But this morning we're going to call on God's word in the book of Psalms. So if you, if you can, turn to Psalms for now. And pretend like you're dialing the phone and go to 9-1 and then go to verse 11. So we're talking about chapter 91, verse 11. So the way I'm going to remember it is 9-1-1 plus 1. 9-1-1 <laughs> plus 1. That's the way to remember this verse. Are you there? Say Amen. And the word says, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And the title of my message this morning is going to be Surrounded. Surrounded. So let's pray here. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this time together this morning. Lord, we invite your Holy Spirit into this sermon, into this message, into this house, your house, Lord. Lord, have your way in this place. Lord, open our eyes and ears to the, to the deep things that you try to teach us, Lord. Let us not leave the same way that we came in, Father God. And we give you thanks and honor and glory. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I've mentioned this before, but I've always felt, felt that the hand of God upon me since I was young. And I can remember back when, when I was a kid, and you know maybe I didn't realize all this at the time, but I did realize it after. And I can think of the time and remember when I was almost run over on my bike more than once. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Almost drowned in a pool. Almost choked on a big gumball. My mom remembers this. Almost kidnapped while riding my bike. Almost in a catastrophic accident more than once. Almost shot twice. Can anyone here relate to an almost situation? Almost. Almost. But it was because of God's hand of protection and the fact that he gives his angels charge over us that you're standing here today and that I'm standing here today. Amen. We are surrounded because Psalms 91.11 says he commands his angels concerning you and concerning me to guard us in all our ways. Amen. And I want to talk, we're talking about angels this morning, and we're in the Supernatural series, but I want to talk about something right off the bat. It's important that we understand that God is the one that commands the angels. And it's not up to us to call on angels for help. We should be calling on God. Amen? We don't need to worry, and we don't need to wonder if there's an angel around me now. Hopefully there's angels all over us right now. We don't need to obsess about them. In fact, angels don't want to be noticed. They're where God wants them to be, and they do what God wants them to do. And I want to think about an angel as kind of like a spy or a, an elite Navy SEAL team or a, or a ninja, right? They want to get in, they want to do the mission from God, and they want to get out. And they don't want to be noticed. They're doing God's work. They don't want any credit. And they definitely don't want to be worshipped. And I know some people worship angels. Some people worship saints. And if you're listening to this today, online here, stop worshipping and idolizing angels and saints and all that. Only worship God. Amen. And uh, question in the back. Do you have any proof of this? I'm glad you asked. Okay. I'm going to tell you the proof. Here's the scripture. You don't have to turn there unless you want, but here's the scripture. In Revelation chapter 22, John the Apostle describes a vision. And in this vision, an angel was giving John a tour of heaven. Can you imagine that? Getting a tour of heaven? Maybe we'll, we will when we get up there. The first thing is, uh, let me give you a tour, you know. So the angel's giving John a tour, and the Bible describes this angel as majestic and beautiful. And understandably, John is in awe of this angel, okay? As you and I probably would be. And um, I'm going to pick it up in Revelation 22, chapter 6, and just read this little section. 
And he says, this is John talking, the angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the pro his prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophet prophecy written in this scroll. And now John says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. I fell and worshipped at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But the angel said to me, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keeps the words of this scroll. Worship God. So the angel tells John very directly, don't worship me. And it seems to me like he could have said, man, are you crazy? You want to get us pinched up in here? You want to get us locked up or killed? Don't do it. Period. Exclamation point. Worship God. And in Matthew 4.10, Jesus said it real clearly. He said, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him and only him shall you serve. It doesn't get any clearer than that, at least for me. Amen? So just because we don't see the spiritual realm doesn't mean it isn't there. It's absolutely there. And the Bible tells us it's just as real and even more so than the earthly world that we know of. A well-known verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 tells us, we fix our eyes on what is not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. In other words, the world is temporary, but the spiritual world, the thing we don't see, will last forever. Amen? Angels are powerful beings. They are mighty warriors that assist in battle. Our perception of angels is a little bit off, at least mine is, because we've grown up with these pictures, you know, and images, and Cupid is real pretty, and blue eyes, and fluffy, you know. I have images of Casper the friendly ghost, you know, even though Casper's not an angel, but, you know, he's a cute thing, you know, so we, we have this perception. But the angels are not described that way in the Bible at all. They're not described as wimpy, quite the opposite. Angels are powerful. Can you say amen? amen. Remember when um, they tried to capture Jesus and Peter pulls out his sword and chops a guy's ear off, you know, the soldiers? In that scene, Jesus said, do you not think Sorry, do you think I cannot call my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? So I started thinking about that. And I said, okay, let's examine that. And so I want to examine that legions of angels and I want to examine how powerful those angels are. And I'm a finance guy, so this to me is extremely fascinating. Roberto, you like this. Miss Tish, you probably like this. You like math. I don't know who else likes math here. But let's, let's take a look at that. A legion is a military term 
from from the Roman army, and it denotes at least at least six thousand soldiers. Okay, so think about that. Remember the demon possessed guy that that Jesus went to see. The Bible said that he had a legion of demons. That means this guy had six thousand demons in him, at least. Of course, I was no match for Jesus, right? But, you know, back to the story. So Peter slices off the guy's ear, and Jesus talks about having access to more than 12 legions of angels. Now, accountants like me, financial guys, when we're making a judgment, we take the conservative approach, okay? So what that means is I'm not going to assume Jesus said I have access to more than, but I don't know what more than is. So let's just say he had access to 12 legions of angels, right? And we know that a legion is 6,000. In fact, this is at least 6,000. But let's be conservative. Let's say 6,000. So here's the math. 12 legions of angels equals 72,000 angels. 12 legions times 6,000 angels, 72,000 angels, okay? So, how much power do 72,000 angels had? I'm glad you asked me that. <laughs> Isaiah 37, 36. Isaiah 7, 37, verse 36. You don't have to turn there, but you could later. It records that one angel, just one angel, annihilated 185,000 men overnight, okay? So now if we do the math, 72,000 angels, each can annihilate 185,000 men. That's 13.3 billion people that that legion, that those 12 legions that Jesus referred to could destroy. Isn't that interesting? What's more interesting is, does anybody know how many people we have in the world today? <laughs> Roberto does. We have roughly 8 billion people. So even over 2,000 years ago, Jesus had access at that moment to angels that can annihilate the whole world right now. That just blows my mind, at least as a finance guy, blows my mind. Angels are powerful. Amen? So we're in the series Supernatural. We're talking about angels. Angels fight our spiritual battles for us. We can't see them doing it. Elisha was one of those special prophets that could see into the spiritual realm. I don't know anybody myself that, that could see into it, but maybe some people have glimpses, but... He could see that. And do you remember when uh, the king of Aram sent an army to kill Elijah? And Elijah's servant goes outside and he sees all the, the armies and, and horses and chariots. And what happens? He panics, like most of us would have panicked too. And he says, oh no, Lord, what shall we do? Like most people, he was seeing in the physical. And it looked like they were surrounded by the enemy. And it looked like they were doomed, right? But Elisha said, don't be afraid. Those that are with us are more than those that are with them. Amen? Amen? 
And Elijah had an interesting prayer. He said, Lord, open his eyes. He was praying for the servant to open his eyes. And the Lord did at that moment. And now the servant looks out and he sees the hills full of horses and chariots and fires all around Elisha. And he's seeing into the spiritual world. And the song always comes to mind when I read that, you know, that song that says, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. <laughs> I wish I could sing. I can't sing. I was the last one in my family that I can't carry a tune. If it was my sister, she could break out in song, or my other, or each sister could break out in song. I can't do that. So the battles are really spiritual in nature, and we don't realize it, right? And angels are battling demon spirits on our behalf. We're surrounded because he commands his angels charge concerning you and concerning me to guard us in all our ways. Amen. Ephesians 6 verse 12 talks about spiritual warfare, and it's pretty clear. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So this is to the point and pretty crystal clear. And as we continue through life, we need to keep this scripture at the top of our minds. The better we understand this, the better we can fight our battles through prayer and unleash God's power. Amen? Amen. And I want to go back in time for a minute. Verse o'clock. Let's go back to the beginning. I'm going to go to Revelations 5.11. And again, you don't, you don't need to turn there if you don't want. But in Revelations 5.11, it says that there are thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000 angels. I'm not going to do the math, but I think it's God way, God's way of telling us there's a whole mess of angels. Maybe billions, maybe more, I don't know. What's higher than a billion? A trillion? A zillion? There's a lot of angels. And it's interesting that the Bible only mentioned three angels by name. I found that interesting. Gabriel, Michael the archangel, and Lucifer. That doesn't mean that all other angels don't have names. In fact, I'm probably sure they all have names, right? And they, the Bible tells us they have a rank and they, they have file and everything. And they're in God's army, and each angel has a job to do, and God is the commander-in-chief. Can I get an amen? amen? Okay, amen. Now, the Bible tells us that sometime before the earth was formed, God created the angels. And we already established that there's thousands upon thousands, it tells us, and 10,000 times 10,000, so we know there's a lot of them. So God created all these angels. But the Bible tells us that something very big happened, something huge, something I don't think any of us can imagine. The Bible says that a war broke out in heaven. And Revelation says that Michael and his angels fought the great dragon. And the dragon and his angels did not pre prevail. Okay, they didn't win the fight. Michael and his angels won the fight. And Satan, who was called Lucifer and was also called Shining Star, 
or son of the morning. He had these great names. He was a, he was a big angel. He was one of God's right hands. He rebelled against God, right? He wanted to be more powerful than God. And as a result, he was cast down by God, and Lucifer became Satan, the devil. And the Bible says that one-third of the angels were cast down with him, his cronies, his demon, demon minions. And the Bible tells us that our enemy, the devil, prowls around the earth like a roaring lion, looking for who he can devour. Amen? But these demon spirits help Satan cause havoc in the world. So if there's a billion or more angels or whatever the number is, and Satan has a third, that's a lot of little demons running around the earth trying to cause havoc, right? This is a supernatural realm which is manifesting what we are seeing today in the physical world. We can see the changes, you know? And things are accelerating, right? Which seems to me that the battle in the spiritual realm is also accelerating. Amen? But here's the thing. I'm a finance guy, right? The devil took a third of the angels. What does that mean? God has two-thirds of the angels. So now you understand why Elijah said that, what, what he meant when he said that there are more for us than those that are against us. Amen? In addition, 1 John 4, 4 says that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen? Look at your neighbor this morning and say, neighbor, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's the wrong neighbor. Look at the other neighbor and tell him the same thing. I'm just joking. So we have angels fighting for us in the spiritual realm, and we don't even realize what's occurring. Do you remember when Daniel uh, was praying and he was fasting for 21 days? It's in Daniel chapter 10, if you want to note it. And it seemed nothing was happening. Have you ever prayed and felt that nothing was happening? So Daniel's fasting and he's praying with seemingly seemingly no results and an angel finally appears to him and says that his prayers were heard on the first day this angel tells daniel that he had been detained by the kings kings plural of persia for 21 days and god had to send michael the archangel the big guy to help him out and he had to go there and help this angel battle the forces of darkness that were holding him back. He couldn't get through, right? So after updating Daniel, the angel tells him that he's got to go battle another prince of darkness. In other words, dude, it's been nice updating you, but I got to get back to the fight. So behind the scenes, there's a constant battle going on that we don't see. Warrior angels fighting on our behalf because he commands his angels concerning you and concerning me to guard us in all our ways. Hallelujah. Daniel was heard on the first day, but his continued praying, his continued battling 
He continued battling, and God sent the powerful guy, Michael, the archangel, for the breakthrough. If you're listening to what the Word is telling you this morning, your continued prayer is the spiritual battle. Amen? Don't give up. Don't give up. You're praying for a loved one to come to Jesus, and it feels like nothing is happening. Keep on fighting. Keep on praying. God heard you, but the battle is continued prayer. You're praying for a job. Keep on praying. You're praying for a change in your health. Keep on praying. It may seem like nothing is happening, but there's a spiritual warfare going on. And your continued prayers go directly to God. And God is sending angels to battle on your behalf in the spiritual world. When Jesus saw faith, things happened. Blind eyes were cured. Leprosy was gone. Issues of blood disappeared. The dead were raised. Have faith and continue to pray. Would you stand with me this morning? Amen. Amen. Thank you. And Yanni, come up and play the piano or something. <laughs> so I want to close with this. It's important for us to understand that it wasn't the Romans who put Jesus on the cross. It wasn't the nails that kept him there either. As Jesus said, he could have called on God. And he could have thousands and thousands of angels at any time rescue him. Enough angels to destroy humanity, even today. But John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus died on the cross because of his love for you and because of his love for me. Because that was God's plan, that Jesus would die for our sins and make a way to the Father in heaven. And if you're here this morning or watching online and you have never accepted Jesus, today is your day. It's not by chance that you're here and it's not by chance that you're watching this online. The Holy Spirit is prompting you, tugging at you. Don't pass up this chance. Maybe you feel like you're not good enough, but that's a lie from the enemy. God wants you to come just as you are. Jesus said in John 6, 37, He who comes to me, I will in no way cast him out. In no way. doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you're doing or how bad you think you are. 
he will not cast you out. So with every head bowed and eyes closed and at home, anybody watching, if that's you today, maybe you haven't accepted Jesus or maybe you've been away for a long time and you want to accept him today or you want to rededicate your life to him today. If that's you, would you raise your hand this morning? Anyone? Anyone? If you're there online, just raise your hand right where you're at and repeat this simple prayer. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again on the third day. Lord, I believe that you are the way, the only way to the Father and to eternal life. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins and come into my life. I make you my Lord and Savior. And if you said that simple prayer, I believe you are born again. Stay in church and keep God first place. Amen? Amen? So that's it. I want to dismiss those that are online. Have a great, blessed uh, July 4th. Thank you for joining us. And to those here.